Amen. Well, we welcome everybody that's here today, and also if you're watching uh, and joining us online, God bless you. We just hope that uh, anything that we share, something that we say or share, really just touches your heart today, encourages you in your faith, and uh, really builds you up. How many know the Bible says that Jesus is building the church, but He uses us to do it? Is that right? And so we're to encourage one another and build one another up. So that's what's so powerful about Sunday mornings is that we're here to encourage one another and bless one another. So I want to encourage you before you leave here today, bless somebody, encourage somebody in the Lord. And uh, how many know sometimes, well, not sometimes, but the Bible says as you water others, you yourself will be watered yourself, right? Come on. And so uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I, w- I want that. And so I'm excited about that. So this morning, I know it's the holiday weekend and, and uh, people are out barbecuing and traveling, doing whatever. Um, whatever but hopefully you're joining us online at some point uh if you are we welcome you so amen and you know the bible says that on the day of pentecost two things happened first of all it filled the house where they were sitting the bible says and then it filled them and so let's pray today and open up in prayer and ask the lord to fill this house today come on amen and to fill us and so how many know when god begins to move he begins to fill first of all the atmosphere he changes the atmosphere and then He changes your heart. Amen. Lord, we just give You all the praise, all the glory. We're so passionate about You. Lord, and, and, and Lord, what You've done. We give You so much praise, God, today. And Lord, we just couldn't give You enough today, uh, Lord, of what You did and how You move and Your goodness. And as David said, Your wonderful works towards us. Lord, we give You all the praise and all the glory. We ask, Lord, that You would fill this room uh, as in the day of Pentecost, Lord, You filled that house first, Lord. Wherever they were, You said you'd come and you'd fill that place. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us the abiding presence, the manifest presence of the Lord. We thank you for that, Lord, and then change our hearts. Today, I just ask, Lord, even I'm sharing, just change my heart by your word, Lord, according to your word. Your word brings healing and deliverance. And today, Lord, I thank you that there is true freedom in your word through Jesus Christ. I thank you for it. And everybody said... Amen. So we want to encourage everybody, amen, to, to open up your Bibles, whether you have a, a Bible or a device. So turn with me to Psalms 107, or click on 107, <clears throat> verses 19 and 20. There was a time this past year that I was really sick and wasn't feeling well. And, and um, you know, how many know when you're sick, the best thing to do is open the Word and uh, get into the Word. And so I was sick and, and I wasn't feeling well. And this scripture just kept coming over and over and over in my heart, and I just couldn't get away from it. I want to share something that's uh, really relevant today. How many know my hope, for me, my hope in the Bible is that it's relevant today? That's my hope in the Bible. That, that's what I hope. When I open the Bible, I realize it's relevant today. I mean, a lot of people think it's just a historical document or, or somehow we're beyond it and it doesn't really apply today and it's not relevant. But how many know God's Word is relevant? Amen. And so uh, I opened it up and I said, God, this works for me. And so I want to share that today. In Psalms 107, verses 19 and 20, the Bible says, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them from their distress. How many experienced distress? And He sent out His word and healed them, and He rescued them from the grave. It says this in one translation, He gave the order and healed them and rescued them from certain death. I want to turn over to Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4 starting in verse 35. This is going to be applicable to uh, later in the message. I want to read this. I wasn't going to do it. I feel like I should read this 
um, kind of sets something up for later in the sermon. But in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, story of Jesus preaching on the, on the shores. And the Bible says that he got into a boat and he said, in verse 35, he said, Let us go to the other side. Let us pass over and go to the other side. And when they had got in the boat, the Bible says that they went on their way and, and a couple other ships were with them. Uh, they took even and it was in the ship and, and in verse 36, and there arose a storm and there came a storm in verse 37 and the Bible calls it a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship and so that it, didn't, it was almost full and, and uh, the Bible says that Jesus was in the back of the ship sleeping on a pillow and they woke him up and they said, Jesus, don't you care if we die? I mean, we're dying here. This is real serious and we've got a serious a problem on our hands. Don't you care that we're getting ready to die? That's how bad the storm was. And Jesus arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you don't have faith? Verse 41, And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let me go back to Psalms 107, verse 20. He sent His Word and healed them. Aren't you glad that no matter what trouble you find yourself in, He has a remedy? I said God has a remedy this morning, amen? And the Bible says that He sent His Word and He healed them. Amen. And so I don't know if you're sick in your body or you're struggling this morning. I want you to claim that over your life and in your body that God, You sent Your Word and You healed me. Amen. Your word comes to heal, your word comes to deliver, and it doesn't matter what situation I find myself in, amen, God, your word comes to deliver and heal me, amen. And I want to just point this out that, you know, when the Bible talks about trouble, it means trouble. It doesn't mean like, you know, it means trouble. And you know, how many have ever, ever been in the place where you found yourself, you found yourself in trouble? If you're like me, trouble found you. And I don't know, maybe even some of you are in this room and you make trouble. Kind of, you kind of create trouble for other people and for yourself. I don't know. But aren't you glad that no matter what situation you're in, wherever you are in life, amen, God's Word is sent to heal you. Amen. God's Word is sent to deliver us today. And I want to talk about God has a remedy. I believe God has a remedy. Is that right? I believe God has a remedy. And God's Word works. It brings healing and it brings deliverance. And one of the things I love about God's Word, one of the effects of God's Word, is that God restores that which was stolen, that which was given away, or that which was taken from us, that which was lost. God restores it. And by His Word, the Bible says, He restores those things to us. And you know, when, when we, we lose things or we, we, we come into sickness or, or whatever, we go through trouble, you know, it, God just doesn't deliver us, but He heals us. This is something so powerful about this passage of Scripture. It's not just God gets us out of trouble, but He, does, he goes a little bit further and He makes us stronger in our faith. He, he kind of, how do you know God, you know, kind of makes you better off than you were when He found you? Amen. And wherever trouble you're in, God comes to deliver you, kind of heal you, and bring you out of that situation so that you'll give Him praise, so that you give Him worship, so your life will reflect the goodness of the Lord. Amen. And so I want to just point some things out to you today and, and just really declare that God has a remedy. One of the things that are very interesting about Psalms 107, I've read it a few times in my life and so many good things about it, but I realize this, that there are some symptoms and some remedies in, in this whole chapter, and there's six different types of people or 
six different peoples that get into us that have serious symptoms and get in some serious trouble and he describes these people and I want to just talk about those people and maybe you'll say you know what that's me I need I need healing today I need deliverance today I need I need the Lord to to minister to me through his word and so I just want to um, read this to you and so the Bible says that he opens up and he says that God gathers everyone from the lands east west north and the south, and then when we find that he gathers them, he begins to describe six different types of people with some serious symptoms. But there's only one remedy that God gives. Amen. And he, he points this out, and I'm going to just talk about four of the six, but here they are. Uh, number one, the drifter, the rebel, the victim, the survivor, the poor, and the disadvantaged. And you'll find this all in Psalms 107. And so let's just let me go through four of these. Number one, we find in verse four and five, we find the drifter. So this is who the Bible is talking about and who God is writing to. And when in, in verse 19, it says, then they cried out to God. And then it says, he sent his word and healed them. Well, it gives you an idea of who they are and who them are, right? So it tells you it's the drifter, it's the rebel, it's the victim, the survivor, the poor, and the disadvantaged. I want to focus on the first four. We see that there's certain symptoms that the Bible gives about this type of person in this type of condition that has these certain symptoms. Number one, the Bible says that they are wandering, they are restless, they're lost. It describes these people as drifters as being people that are always constantly looking for a home but can never find that city. They can never settle down. And how many know when you're wandering and you're restless and you're lost, there's confusion. When you get lost and you can't find your direction and you have no direction in life or you don't no direction at all, it seems that there's confusion in your life. There's loneliness in your life and there's constant dissatisfaction in your life. You're, you're a person that is constantly in and out of relationships. You're not committed to anybody. You, you have, find it hard to stay in one place. You, you feel like you've got to run. You're a runner. You're, you're one that doesn't finish things. You're a drifter. You, you don't have kind of any direction in life. And the Bible says that these are some of the symptoms and problems in these people's lives is that they just can't find a place to rest. And because you're wandering, because you're drifting, the Bible says you're constantly thirsty. You're constantly hungry. You're thirsty for truth. You're hungry for affection. You're always hungry and always thirsty. These are the, some of the symptoms the Bible says. You know, the Bible declares that those who wander out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. All of us in Psalms 53 says all of us were like sheep. We went our own way. Didn't, isn't that what the Bible says? We went our own way. We walked our own way. We went according to the course of our emotions, our life, our past, whatever. We went our own way. And the Bible says the Lord laid on him the iniquity or the sin of us all. You know, when you wander out of the way of God, you find yourself in sin. You find yourself in confusion. You find yourself in darkness. You're completely lost. You know, the Bible describes people that don't know the Lord as being lost. How many, your testimony is that once I was lost, but now I'm found. Amen? Because I came to Jesus Christ. And so we see these symptoms about these drifters. They're starving, they're thirsting, they're desperate, they're filled with despair. The Bible goes on to describe them and says that their souls grew weak and weary. They're looking, but they're not finding. They're about to give up. They're always on the verge of quitting. They can't finish anything. They're just drifting. They're wandering. But how many know God has a remedy? God has a remedy for people that are drifting. 
God has a remedy for people that are lost. God has a remedy for people that are wandering and they're, they're not committed and there's no direction in their life and no purpose and they're unsatisfied. Aren't you glad that God has a remedy? Let's read that remedy. In verses 7 through 9, the Bible says this is the remedy that God gave them. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle down. Ain't that good? Where you can rest. I don't know if you've ever traveled and your business took you away and you're constantly traveling on the go, on the go. It's always good to be home. Amen. How many know you have a home when you meet Jesus Christ? There's a settling down. There's, a, there's an establishing. There's a, almost like you can get your roots down. You feel settled. Amen. Amen. Now what it says. And then in verse 9, For He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Aren't you glad that when you come to the Lord, He satisfies your hunger? Amen. You're no longer going after bar after bar after bar, trying to fill up that, that emptiness, trying to, to quench that thirst. Jesus said, the water that you drink, you're going to thirst again. But the water that I give you, you'll never be thirsty again. Aren't you glad that Jesus has a remedy? Amen. He satisfies your soul. He satisfies every desire of your life. Come on, I wish somebody would say amen. God is, has a remedy, doesn't He? To the drifter, to the wanderer, to the lost. And then in verse, the second thing, uh, person that I see and the symptoms that I see is in verse 10 through 12, it's the rebel. It's the rebel. It says here that those who are in bondage or oppressed because they rebelled against the Lord. Their own rebellion, their own stubbornness brought circumstances of trouble in their life. They're the ones that caused trouble. They're ones that make trouble for other people. They're just rebellious. They don't want to conform. They think the Bible's all about rules. They don't want to go to a church. They don't want to listen to anybody. They're just simply rebellious. How many know God has a remedy for the rebellious? God has, how many know there's brokenness in rebellion, isn't there? You know, you separate yourself from God. and His, Everybody thinks, well, the Bible's all about rules. You know what? The commandments of the Lord are good and healthy and wholesome and free. I mean, you know, Jesus said, if you do my word, if you know my word, you will be free. The truth sets you free. And so, but the rebel doesn't think that way. They just don't see that. They, they think everyone's against them and every, everything's about rules and they don't want to conform to anything. And how many know God's got a remedy for rebels? Amen. How many can say, I once was a rebel? Or maybe right now you are a rebel. I don't know. But you're just causing trouble. And the Bible says that there's a way that seems right to a person, but the end of that way is death and destruction. Amen. The Bible also describes in other translations that they, they fought against God, what He said. They refused to listen to the advice of God. And because of that, became ensnared and imprisoned. And then they become prisoned to their misery, to their pain. They become chained, the Bible says, to their misery. They become bound, oppressed, and they live in darkness and outer darkness. They can't see any light. They can't see any hope. They're constantly focusing on moving further and further away from God. Everything about them and in their life has got to be about anti-God, anti-rules, anti-whatever. I just don't want to conform. Come on, they're locked up and locked down because they don't want to change. Because they're too stubborn to say yes to God. They're too, they're too set in their ways. They're too rebellious. But how many know God still has a remedy, amen, of healing and deliverance of, uh, uh, for them? And so uh, they make life hard for themselves. <laughs> they, they, the Bible says that they stumble and no one wants to help them. Because nobody wants to be around them. Because nobody likes them. Because they make life hard for everybody. 
They're rebellious, and maybe that's you. I don't know, but they said, the Bible says here they're bound in misery. They're prisoners to their pain. They're chained to their regrets. Over and over again, they just can't get over it. They can't, they can't get freedom. They just are chained to their misery. Wow. They're humbled through their circumstances, through their addictions. It's constantly a humbling experience, but they don't accept it. They don't accept responsibility because they're too proud and they're too stubborn. And these are, the, these are the rebels that he's talking about in verses 10 through 12. But in verse 14 and 16, he gives a remedy. Here's a remedy for those that are rebellious. He brought them out of darkness, the outer darkness, and broke away their chains. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts, down, cuts through bars of iron. Aren't you glad that there's, amen, no addiction that's too strong for Jesus Christ, amen? There, there's no, come on, there's just nothing too strong for the Lord to keep you back from being delivered from God. No sickness, no devil, no, come on, no possession, no oppression, no depression, come on. That's strong enough to keep you from being delivered by the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. And so the Bible says this is what He does for them. He, he, he opens up the, the prison doors. The Bible says that Jesus was anointed to set the captives free. To open the prison doors to the prisoners. Aren't you? Your testimony might be one that you were in prison and you, you, you felt like you were in prison emotionally. You felt like you were in prison mentally. And when you met Jesus Christ, there was like this liberation. There was this opening up of your heart. There's an opening up of your understanding. The dark clouds rolled away and the rebellion left your heart. I don't know. How many have ever felt that? Now you want to go the speed limit. It's crazy. It doesn't make sense. It's just something God does. I'm a, there's freedom in my life now. How I many know freedom is not in your life to rebel? Freedom is to live what God wants you to do. That's freedom. True freedom is conforming to where, what God says. How many believe that? A couple people. It's getting better. It's awesome. So the third people that we see here in verses 17 through 18 are the victims. You know, we, we talk a lot about this, and this has been abused and overused, and, but there's people that are victims, and he describes these people. These are fools who allowed sin to make them sick. They were victims of their own circumstance. They made bad choices. They, they were foolish. They were young. They were foolish. They were stupid, or whatever you want to say. How many know there's, we, we, we say about being young and free, and, but you, know, you can be young and stupid. Amen. And you can be immature and you made some immature decisions and you, you, you got to the place where all of a sudden now you're dependent on, on other things and you're codependent on, 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 on other things and you're afflicted and weakened by other people. This is what the Bible describes as someone who is a victim. They're afflicted by other people. They're weakened by other people. They're afflicted by their circumstances and allow their emotions to dictate their behavior. They allow their circumstances to dictate their behavior. They live by... Uh, their emotions and how they feel. Come on, th th this is a victim. You're, you're, under, you're not under the freedom of the Lord or freedom of faith. You're now victim to your emotions. You're victim to a circumstance. You're, and then what you begin to do is you begin to identify with that and that becomes your future. That becomes who you are. You say, well, and then you use that as a crutch and, and how many know that's a victim mentality? And then you begin to measure everybody and everything by that and say, you know what? People owe me because I was hurt in the past. People need to act like this and treat me this way because I deserve it. How many know that's not good? But how many know there's sometimes in our lives we find ourselves we're a victim. We got in a, a, maybe a marriage that you, you thought, wow, I, I think this is good. I think this is going to work. And next thing you know, you, it's broken up and, and there's hurt and there's you know, all, dysfunction and all kinds of abuse. And, and you find yourself a victim. And you say, well, you know, 
I, I thought it was going to be okay. Somebody said, well, I can just do a little drugs and I can drink a little bit and party on the side. And next thing you know, that thing's overtaking your life. You can't control it anymore. You're, you're absolutely controlled by that thing. You become a victim of that thing. But how many know God doesn't want you to stay there? He's got a remedy for you. He's got a remedy of healing. He's got a remedy of deliverance. Just talking to somebody, they were expressing their, really their heart about their family member who's just really addicted to drugs. And, you know, I had to look at this person and said, well, I may not have the answer for, for everything, but one thing I know is they could do it through Jesus Christ. They can overcome through Jesus Christ. How many believe that? How many got family members, you'll declare that over them, they can overcome through Jesus Christ. They can be healed and they can be delivered through Jesus. I believe that. Amen? Why? Because God sent His Word to heal us. Amen? And so the remedy, as the Bible says in verse 20 through 22 for these people is He sends His Word to heal them and rescues them from the grave, from destruction. He rescues them from that codependence and, and the fact that they can't provide for themselves. And how many know God heals all wounds? He can heal your heart. He can heal your mind. He can heal your spirit. Come on. Amen. How many can say God's done a work in my heart? God's done a work in my mind. God's done a work with me mentally over the years. I mean, God touched me. Amen. He can do that. And the Bible says in verse 22, let them sacrifice thanks offerings and thank the Lord and tell God of His good works with songs of joy. How many know God doesn't want you to be a victim and stay in your self-pity? He wants you to have joy. Come on, begin to sing songs of joy if you feel that heaviness come on your heart. If you begin to feel, amen, the devil whisper in your ear and say, you know what, you're a victim. You're, you, you need to have self-pity and you need to live according to this and this and this. And Come on, how many know that's when you be need, begin to sing and begin to thank God and say, Lord, amen, I thank you. I'm not a victim of my circumstance. I'm not a victim of my emotions, but I'm living by faith in Jesus' name, amen. And I hope that makes sense. And so I, I think that, as we see this, wow, there's just symptoms that we face in our lives and these people that he describes, but I'm, I'm just so thankful that God has a remedy. God has a remedy. And the fourth person that we see here is the survivor, the survivor. And this is very interesting, and I want to tie the scripture I read in earlier to this. Verses 23 through 32 talks about the survivor. These are travelers who find themselves in trouble in life's journey. You were going along, you just wanted to raise kids and have a family, and you found out after you got married, you couldn't have kids. You just came up against life struggles. You came up against something, and something came up against you. It seems like trouble found you, and you just got into this trouble, and, and you know you really wanted to raise a family and have healthy kids, and your firstborn or one of your children has a, a, a disease of some type, a condition of some type, and you know you get into life struggles, and you know you thought you were going to have that job, and you thought, but you really can't pass that test, and you find life struggles. Come on, you you come up against life struggles, don't you? Amen. And and maybe there was a, a you know an illness that was unexpected in your life, and now it costs you all kinds of medical bills, and well you can't afford this, and you can't afford to live there, and you can't. You've got to have sell things and you've got to do this. And you, you came up against life's struggles. The storms of life have hit your boat. <laughs> travelers, it describes travelers. People that were on this, achievers. They, they had this goal in mind. They knew where they were going at one point, but something happened in their life, knocked them off course. Got you off the rails of, uh, in your life where you thought, well, I was going to do this and I came across this trouble and now I'm here. But how many know God has a remedy? I said, God has a remedy for survivors. You find yourself just surviving in life and I'm just trying to get through life and I'm just trying to make it and raise my kids and, and live and I'm just trying to work and I'm just trying to get through this life. But amen, and God doesn't call you to be a survivor. He calls you to be a thriver, amen. 
And so the Bible talks about this. Now, let me just read uh, in verse 23 of Psalms 107 what it says about these people. All right? Someone out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord and His wonderful deeds in the deep. For He spoke and stirred up the tempest and lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, they, uh, uh, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wit's end. How many know that sounds familiar? In Mark chapter 4, what is it described? Jesus got into the boat. A storm came. And the Bible says that it whipped that boat around. And there were waves crashing in to the point where it was almost filling up the boat. They cried out to Jesus who was asleep on their boat. Come on, is that what Mark says? Mark 4 and Matthew 8 give this account. And so here it is in the Old Testament. And I believe that part of this was, maybe it was a prophetic utterance. How many know Jesus just fulfilled prophecy just walking down the street? I mean, He just fulfilled prophecy all the time, right? But also, I believe, so there was something that the disciples could look back and say, if He did it for them, He can do it for us. I believe it was, yes, it was a, a account of a, a historical record that we could look back and say, look, we see it in the Old Testament. We see David wrote, wrote about it. Come on. And Jesus did it, right? But how many know it's as an example, as we look in God's Word, we say, you know what, God, if you brought deliverance to them, you can do it for me. Amen? Amen? How, many, how many believe that? And so what was the remedy that He gave for people that were travelers who found themselves in trouble through life's journey? What was that remedy? We'll look at it in verse 29 and verse 30 of Psalms 107. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm and He guided them to their desired haven. That's what it says in Psalms 107. How many know Jesus when He said we're going to the other side, got them to the other side? How many believe you're not going to go under, you're going to go over, amen? Why? Because God sent His Word and healed them. God, amen, the Bible says, will deliver us when we cry out to Him. Amen. And so I love that. And I saw this in Psalms 107. I was so encouraged. And, and I'm not going to talk about the other two right now. I don't have time. But in verses 33 and 42, it talks about the poor and the disadvantage. And God gives a remedy for them. And, you know, we know that God's remedy for us, as we talked about, is deliverance and healing. But what is the prescription what is the prescription that God gives for His remedy? What is it that God says is the prescription for us? And let me just go through a couple things that I believe that is a prescription for the remedy of healing and deliverance. Number one is crying out to God. As you look in this story here and you also look in this script here in the chapter, it opens up and it says, it says, those who cried out to God in their distress. Did you know that when we cry out to the Lord, this is an activity that anyone can perform that releases the compassion of God in your life? Did you know that? When we cry out to the living God. There's something, sometimes we get in a situation where we need relief. We need quick relief. We need relief from the pain, from the, from the pressure, from whatever it is. We want relief. How many have ever cried out to God? <laughs> How many have ever cried out to God in your distress? Right? We know it's stress, you know, it's just de-stress that we can't take. That was supposed to be a joke. Anyways, so, but, you know, we look at it and we see the children of Israel. The Bible says they cried out to God after 400 years of being in bondage. They, the Bible says that God heard their cry. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. Aren't you glad that God heard your cry? Amen. When you said, Lord, I can't save myself. I'm in deep trouble. I've got sin in my life. I need your salvation. How many know Jesus Christ, amen, saved you? 
God meets you when you cry out to Him. Crying out to God is not a weak thing. It's a powerful thing. It's not our last resort. It should be our first resort. It should be the first option that we have. Is that right? Crying out to the living God because God responds when we cry out to Him. In fact, it says here that really it makes it clear that heaven is released when we begin to cry out to God. When we begin to, uh, you know, God moves by the power of His Word and when we begin to cry out to God, God begins to move in powerful ways. Crying out to God is so important and you'll notice it here. Every time it lists people, gives the, you know, whether it's the, uh, we talked about the drifter, the rebel, the victim, the survivor, the poor, this advantage. Every single time the Bible says they cried out to God. And the moment they cried out, He gave the remedy. Aren't you glad for that? Come on. Amen. How many know you, you were a drifter? You cried out to God and God made your way straight. You had purpose in life. You could commit to a family. You could, you could put your roots down and you could get settled. Come on. Something began to rest in your heart. You could say, I'm going to stay here now. Come on. Because you cried out to God. So I want to encourage you. Keep crying out to God. Cry out to the Lord in faith. Cry out to God in worship and thanksgiving. Cry out to the living. Say, God, I cry out to you. I've said that to the Lord. Lord, I cry out to you. Amen. How many know that's not a little, lay, now I lay me down to sleep prayer. That's, that's crying out to God. There's times you get in your life like the disciples. It's not like this little wave that, you know, well, we can't get the sail right. We're just going crooked. No, it's a storm. It's, it's overwhelming you. You, you. you are overwhelmed by the sickness. You are overwhelmed by the circumstance. How many know that's the time to cry out to the living God? Amen. And you know something the Bible says? He listens to the cries of His people. Amen. How many know, you know, you know moms that are in here, you know, your kids, you know, there's a difference. Moms, you know, they know the difference between whining and being hurt. You know, and we look and say, hey, your, your kid's over there crying. Oh, they're just whining. Don't. But how many know when, they're, when they know they're hurt, there's something in their heart that says, i got to go to them. i got to get them. How many know God knows when we're really hurting? God knows. Amen. When we cry out to Him and He responds. Amen. And then the second thing is not just crying out to God, but we receive from the Lord. We have to receive His Word. You know, God sends His Word, but how many know you've got to receive it? You've got to accept it. You've got to receive it. And let me just give you three quick things about receiving the Word of God. Number one, trust God. Trust His Word. Trust in the Word. Trust God. How many know we've got to trust God? You can't trust a lot of things today. You can't trust a lot of people in your life. But you can trust God. And trusting God is when we receive His Word, is what happens is we trust in His messenger, which is Jesus. We trust in the message. We trust in the messenger, Jesus. Lord, if you said it, I believe it, that settles it. Lord, I trust in your word. You know, there's times in my life that's all I had to go by is the word of God. Hello? Anybody with me? Amen. That's all you had. You didn't have money. You didn't have this. It wasn't going your way. It didn't look good at all. But all you did was, God, I've got your word today. And you sent your word to heal me. You sent your word to deliver me. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we trust God, don't we? And so we trust it. But the word has to be received. And so in order for us, sometimes that healing to manifest or that need to be met, we've got to trust God's word. Number two, speak God's word. We receive God's word by declaring and confessing God's word and, and agreeing with the word of God. How many know I agree with the word of healing? Amen. That's what I do. I, I agree with the word of healing. Every scripture on healing. I mean, when you're sick, you just bust all those scriptures on healing. 
you got, you know, some issues and, you know, scriptures on depression and anxiety, all these things. How many know we cling to those things, don't we? We should because we, and then not only that, we believe and we trust it, but we speak those things. And so not just enough to trust it and receive it, but you got to speak those things. And so I want to encourage you that, you know, like the, the blind men that came to Jesus, he believed in Jesus' ability to heal him. And because he confessed it and he believed in the ability that Jesus had, the Bible, it was like an open door. Come on, how many know when you confess and you speak the word of God, it opens the door. It opens the door. And so we speak. And, you know, it's amazing how many uh, words on our life, how many healing words we love, but how many hurting words have affected our lives. Why do, we, why do we see it that way? Why do we see that hurting words have affected us more than healing words? I don't know. I don't have the answer. But how many know we need a lot of healing words? Come on, somebody. Amen. Some people just, their whole life is based on the hurting words that they heard over their life, over the course of their life. And it seems like those words affect us more. And someone can come and say, oh, you're going to make it. You know, God loves you. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're still motivated by the hurting words. But how many know we need to give that up and surrender that to the Lord and say, Lord, I believe all the healing words in, your, in the Bible more than the hurting words have been spoke over my life. Come on, so we've got to speak and we've got to trust. But also, I want to just throw this out. We've got to take, take it like medicine. We've got to take it. You've got to take the Word. Amen? You've got to take the Word and take it like medicine. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 and 22 says, My son, attend to my words, incline thy ear to my sayings. Let them not depart out of your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them and health or medicine to their flesh. How many believe God's Word is like medicine? Come on, this is the prescription that we're talking about today. God says, you want the remedy? Guess what? You want to you keep that healing? I've got a prescription for you. How many know prescriptions take time? Some of you get a little frustrated because you go to the doctor and you get a prescription and you're like, after one day, you're like, nothing's happening. How many know you've got to give it some time sometimes? You've got to stay on that prescription, amen? Some of you are going through two or three bottles before you feel better. Okay, come on. Or maybe you're just saying that. Anyways, you know, but it says it's like medicine and there's life and health and medicine in God's word. How many believe that? How many believe and you've even seen it in your own life? God's word has been like medicine. It's just healed that thing, didn't it? Healed your hurt, healed your body, healed your circumstance, healed your marriage, healed your children, healed your finances. And so we believe that because there's life and health in God's word and medicine. And so since God's word is medicine, we've got to take it like, like we would a prescription. Like consistently, daily, like a prescription. And so I'm going to give you your daily dose today. Take it three times. Psalms 107, verse 20. He sent his word and healed him. Amen. How many can say? So that's what the Bible talks about, meditating on God's word. You're taking it, and that's your prescription for the day. That's your prescription for the week. Meditate on that thing. How many know some of that medicine, man, you guys are taking every four hours? Some people can't wait till it's four hours. Got to take it again. Got to take it again. Got to take it again. Got to feel better. Come on. Especially if you're a lot of pain. How many know what I'm talking about? You can't wait to take it some more. But how many know we need to look at God's Word like that? God's Word is like medicine. And so let's look at God's Word like medicine and take our daily dose. Amen. And the third point, I want you to stand on your feet if you would with me today. So we're talking about the prescription for the remedy of healing and deliverance. I just want to point this out in closing. So we talked about receiving it. We have to receive it. You speak it. I mean, you put your trust in it. But then the third thing is, is that what God gives us is prescription. 
for this remedy is to worship God. What are all these people that we talked about today? You know, the drifter, the rebel, the victim, the survivor, the poor, the disadvantaged. What do all these people have in common? The answer is, is the Bible says here that they spoke to God. They responded to God. And let me just, let me just show you. The Bible says right here, it says, Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind. For He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. He says it seven times. Every time God gives a remedy, He said, let these people praise God. How many know God doesn't do something in your life for, to make you feel better, to make you look good? He does it to that you'll worship Him. Everything is about adoration, isn't it? Amen. So that our lives will be reflective of Him and His glory and His goodness. Is that right? And so he, God wants you to come to a place where you're, you're, the Bible says, enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. And when we come to the place where we can, we can look at our circumstance and our symptoms and we say, God, even though I don't have a remedy yet, even though it's not there yet, I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to. Why? Because that's a key, isn't it? Is that right? Is that a key? And he says, this is a key to your healing. This is a key to your deliverance. And every time he says it, he says it seven times. In fact, he opens up in verse 1 and 2. And then the last verse, he says the, the same thing. He says, always thank God for being good and kind. I mean, you know, before your problems and after your problems, we need to thank God. And even during, when you're going through it, begin to thank God. And I've learned that so many times that, you, you know, you're frustrated, you're not seeing the answer, you're praying, you're praying. And a lot of times I just said, Lord, I'm just going to take a moment and thank you. I'm going to get my mind off my circumstance. I'm going to get my faith on you. Come on, I'm going to trust in your word because you sent your word to heal me and deliver me from destruction. How many believe that? Amen. How many believe that God sent His Word to heal you? Receive that today. Let that be your dose. Let that be your prescription today. Let that be something you take over and over. God, you sent your Word and healed me. Lord, I thank you that when I cry out to you, you heal me, hear me and you listen and you, you help me and you rescue me in my distress, in my trouble. You saved me from destruction, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you sent your Word to heal me. Amen. And you know, today, whether you're a drifter, whether you're a rebel, a victim, survivor, Poor, disadvantaged, amen, I don't know if that's you. How many know there's a remedy today? There's a remedy in your heart, and there's a remedy for your heart, there's a remedy for your life, it's Jesus Christ, and He sent His Word to heal you. You know, the Bible says that Moses came at a time there was great bondage, and the Bible says that he was the deliverer, and he came, and, and how many know that the, the devil tried to stop this and tried to kill his generation off, right? Why? Because there's a deliverer coming. There was, God sent His Word. God sent Moses. Amen, into Egypt to deliver people out of Egypt. How I many know over 2,000 years ago there was a baby born? His name was Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is called the Word. God sent His Word to heal us. God sent His Word to go on Calvary's cross. Amen, to die for our sins and to heal our bodies and save us and give us eternal life. How many believe that? Come on, how many know God sent His Word 2,000 years ago? His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. He died on the rugged cross for our sin and our sickness and our disobedience to give us life eternal, to give us peace and joy. That even though you go through the difficult circumstances and situations, you can know the healing power of God's Word. Amen. And so today, the remedy for healing and deliverance is in Jesus. The salvation that Jesus provides and declares is healing and deliverance. If we'll receive Jesus and we'll believe in Him and trust in Him and say, Lord, I come to you as the drifter. I come to you as the rebel. I come to you as the victim. I come to you as the survivor, the poor and the disadvantaged, whatever circumstance you're in. And I say, Lord, 
I, I come as these symptoms. I have the symptom of sin and sickness in my body, in my life, Lord, my spirit, Lord. I'm just, I'm, I'm full of sin. I'm full of sickness. Lord, I receive what you did at Calvary today, that you sent your word, Jesus Christ, to heal me. If you're not born again and you find yourself in one of these categories because of sin, the Bible, Bible declares that you can be free today, you can be clean, you can be washed of sin through Jesus Christ. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Christ, amen, that He died for your sins, that He is your Savior, and you forsake your sins and say, Lord, I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. I'm going to be your follower, your disciple. Lord, I want to know this peace and this joy and this eternal life that you have through Jesus Christ. If you'll do that today. Amen. If you'll just do that today, let us know. Amen. Just pray and begin to ask the Lord. Cry out to God on your own. I, you know, sometimes we, we say, Lord, you know, we pray to God and we say, repeat after me. But, you know, I want to encourage you, like the writer said, cry out to God. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Ask the Lord to heal you. Ask the Lord to deliver you, and He'll do that. Can we just lift our hands, amen, today in the sanctuary and say, Lord, I thank you for your deliverance. Thank you for your healing. And maybe you're in this room today and you find yourself in one of the categories that you are that drifter or rebel or victim or survivor. And, 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 you're, and you say, Lord, I, I have these symptoms, but Lord, I, I cry out to you today. I give this to you, Lord, because you're, you've sent your word to heal me and rescue me and deliver me from destruction. I thank you for that today, Lord, that your word is healing me right now. Lord, you have loved me, you are loving me, and you will continue to love me. And I receive that today through Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for the prescription of your word, Lord, and I want to take it daily. I want, Lord, to receive your word as medicine today. And, and Lord, from this day forward, Lord, I want to not forget that I've got a prescription and it's going to bring me healing and deliverance through Jesus Christ. I give you all the praise and all the glory for what you're doing. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...